Genesis 26 from verse 18 to 22. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their, called their names after the names by which the father had called them. Next verse. Next verse. And Isaac's servant digged the valley and found there a well spring of water. Continue. And the headsman, not be today. The head, nobody are good people in Nigeria. <laughs> and the headsman of Gera did strive with Isaac headsman, saying, "The water is ours." And he called the name of the place Essek. Essek means quarrel, because they strove with him. Next verse, verse twenty-one. And they did another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of the place Sitna. Sitna means enemies. Next verse, verse 22. And he removed from thence and did another well. And for that they strove not. And he called the name of the place Rehoboth. And he said, for now, the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful. Oh God. I thought that was your word already. Uh, somebody, you're coming into your Rehoboth. See, they cannot stop the blessing of God upon your life. So you need to stay woke to the blessing because you're coming to your Rehoboth. In the name of Jesus, if this is your word, say amen, somebody. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17. You know it by heart. We can read it together. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man be, can we read it? One, two, three, go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Look at your neighbors. They stay work. It's a platform. Say it one more time. Stay woke. It's a platform. Father, send your anointing from within us. Flood this room with the spirit of revelation, understanding, and the power of your presence. Give me nimbleness of mind, agile thought. Give your people understanding. Be glorified in Jesus' matchless name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated briefly in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Um, from there this morning. I understand that we live in interesting times, like I said last week, where a simple correction to a sibling or a cousin can be seen as judgmental. So we have a generation who's not wired to take correction. So when we correct them, they, they, they feel like they're being judged or they tell you you're giving negative vibes or they just feel attacked. Is the generation we live in. And like I said last week, we've turned gluttony to foodie. Yeah? And then we've turned promiscuity to sexual liberation. Yeah. And then we've turned nudity to body positivity. And like I said last week, we've turned bleaching to skin care. And they've turned prostitution to escort service. And they've turned drug abuse to just having fun. They will turn the lack of decency into queen and more, king and more. I stand. P 
pure indecency. We say, ah, oh, king and more, or we call it queen and more, and then we add, I stand. We've turned lack of accountability to living your best life. We've turned our, our toxic character into, that's just who I am. If you can say amen, say ouch. Then we've turned nonsense behavior to zodiac signs. It's because I'm Leo. I think the one that really upset me is because I'm cancer. Are you not aware that your star is the star of David? The bright and early morning star. So you are not tied to these stars that you associate yourself to. And so we've turned staying woke to constant rebellion. And that's not what we're talking about this morning. When I say stay woke, I'm talking about being conscious of who you are in Christ. If I'm saying stay woke, I'm saying be aware, be conscious of your realities in Christ. I'll say this again. The most powerful people in the world are believers who know that they are believers. Not just believers. Believers who know that they are believers. The Bible says, you know, see, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It didn't say the people of the world. It said my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's what the Bible says. Because a lot of believers are not aware. A lot of believers are not conscious. A lot of believers are not woke. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, If any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things have passed away. All things are, behold, all things have become new. Like I said to you last week, the most important word in this Verse is behold, pay attention now. Levels have changed. You are in a different era. You are in a different system. Take note, you are in a different place. Behold, what you constantly behold is who you eventually become. I'll say that again. What you constantly behold is who you eventually become. And so the Bible says we are beholding the Lord like a mirror. And we are being transformed from level of glory to another level of glory. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Let me lay my foundation. It says who will have all men to be saved. That's not the problem. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So you can be saved and you have not come into the knowledge of the truth. So when people get saved, what should they do? They should come into the knowledge of the truth. But here's what religion does. As soon as you get saved, they start finding a way to put you into programs. Deliverance class. That class. What class should they attend? A class that should reveal to them the knowledge of the truth. I wish that all men be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. So the strength of the enemy in your life is in the weight of your ignorance. The devil is not as powerful. Your ignorance is at work. The strength of the enemy in your life is in the depth of your ignorance. So the devil is not as powerful. It is your ignorance that is at work. What we call the strength of the enemy is the absence of knowledge. Yes. Am I talking this morning? What we call the strength of the enemy is the absence of knowledge. Because darkness does not exist. Darkness is the absence of light. So there is no instrument in the world, like I say every time, that you can use to increase the darkness of the darkness. But you can increase the light. You can dim the light. But there is no instrument in the world. So let us increase the So darkness only functions as the absence of light. So the reason darkness is prevalent in your life is the absence of light. But what religion will teach you is let us interrogate darkness. You don't interrogate darkness. You turn on the light. 
Oh, so said it again. When when God saw the darkness in Genesis, he didn't say, Angel, Michael, what happened? He just said, Let there be light. Let there be light. So we don't interrogate darkness, we turn on the light because darkness does not exist. Darkness is the absence of light. There is no instrument to increase the darkness of the darkness. But you can increase your light. If you're listening to me this morning, say, I hear you. So, consciousness is everything. Why do you think we come to church every Sunday? It's to reawaken the consciousness of who we are in Christ Jesus. Why do you think we gather every every service? Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, that the communication of our faith will become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. What's the purpose of gathering on Sunday morning? It's just in case I have forgotten. I go to meet a preacher who unveils Christ to me because when Christ is revealed, the believer is unveiled. Once Christ is revealed, the believer is unveiled. So we get to church every Sunday and every Wednesday for the consciousness just to get our mind because the spirit is saved, the soul is being saved, the body will be saved. Ooh. The spirit is saved, the soul is being saved, the body will be saved. So what do we gather in church? It's not for the spirit, it's for our soul. To reawakening the consciousness. So your spirit builds up and the consciousness is alert. Okay, let me do this. What is consciousness, Pastor Flourish? Let me show you what consciousness is. Be truthful. Yes, Alex. Okay, he's there. Be truthful. How many of you in the last one week have checked your toilet before sitting on it? Be truthful. Just in the house of common now. Uh-huh. Why? We saw a picture of one snake that came out from toilet. Everybody in the, just keep looking straight when you get home, nod your head. Has one time investigate. Uh-uh, what if? Why? When it showed up, I, I, I refuse to put the picture here today because I don't want to increase your, fa- your fear. I want to increase your faith. When it showed up on the internet, guess what happened? It reawakened your consciousness in that direction. So you are your consciousness. So, oh, show sure. So we are not conscious of the brazen serpent. We are conscious of the serpent on the toilet. have refused to be conscious of the but now we are checking properly people now have auto to say go if you did there you die well <laughs> and i saw a lady with cutlass i just check him if he call my kid why because we saw a picture that just increased our consciousness that if he be you if he be your house so people are not doing investigation it's an area where there's no much development that's where you will see that kind of hmm why something has entered your consciousness and it is controlling your life so whatever you are conscious of controls your life Ooh. the direction you look determine what you see like we're coming to the end of the year the bible says he crowns the year with his goodness but there is a myth and a thought in nigeria especially africa that during the month of bars bad things used to happen so you know it's December, calm down, no, calm down, no. it's December, calm down, don't, don't speak too much, it's December. So accidents are tied to December and they don't happen in January? Why? You're, you are conscious of that. We have refused to be conscious of who we are in Christ and we pay attention to the wrong things and they lead our lives. So is it possible that you are born again? No doubt. Feed with the Holy Ghost? No doubt. But you have been living your life without the consciousness of who you are in Christ Jesus. 
Have you ever met people who just carry themselves well? Do you know what is happening to them? They are very conscious of who they are. I met one guy, just, there's a way he was just working. I'm like, who's that guy? I said, well, he's the XYZ son. I said, oh, he knows. So when they are rushing, he will just be walking small like this. He gets to the gate. He just opens because of who he is. He's not running like an orphan. He's not running like a less privileged. He's running knowing that this whole thing that they are running to, my father owns it. So when we're all running to enter, he was, sorry, I'm X, XYZ. Can I? So the, I don't know, now Gaston, he just entered with full, with boiling his armpits, small, just. Why? Because he was conscious of who he is. So is it possible? Like I said last week, what's consciousness? Beautiful. You, you engage a girl, she has the ring, then she starts all over you every time she's talking. And so, where are you going to? Um, the toilet is here. Because she wants you to see the ring. After a while, they forget the ring and drive out. They remember when they get to the office. Why? They've lost consciousness. So it's important that we keep focus and we are conscious of who we are in Christ. Philippians chapter 3 verse 1. Give me King James and TPT. The pastor's job is to keep reminding you of who you are in Christ. Paul speaking, say, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you, not something new. To me, indeed, it's not grievous. For you, it is safe. Give me antiquity. That means the same thing. I'm trying to keep this in your consciousness. My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. I don't mind repeating what, what I've already written to you because it protects you. So you need to keep hearing. Keep hearing. Because some of the things we are dealing with here, I'm talking of 10 years of receiving rubbish from one pastor. It will take another XYZ years to remove it from your mind. Especially some of you who do DJ ministries. Like the average Lagosian has three to four churches. So you come here on Sunday morning to hear a word. That guy in the breakdown the word, in the breakdown the word. Then on Thursday, there's a mountain you go to for prayer, for spiritual encounters. Just keep looking straight when you get home, nod your head. And then you chop nonsense there and then you come back again. And I try to clean it up again so you are not focused. Worry, say, peace when it's cut off the ground or they dig a hole. How do I say it in English? Urine that is, um, <laughs> urine that is, um, that is multidimensional. Ha! Dr. Wilson. <laughs> you know? So stay, so we, we spoke about last week, stay woke to the gospel, stay woke to the glory. Stay woke, you're the beloved of God. Stay woke, all your sins are forgiven. Stay woke, you're not alone. I want to reiterate one very powerful point from last week. Stay woke, all your sins are forgiven. Now, it looks very basic, not important. It's, not, it's just one of those elementary teachings. No, it's the core of the gospel. Oh. It is the core of the gospel that all your sins, because people believe that God is mad, mad at them because of something that they've done. Because they do not understand that God exhausted his anger on Jesus on the cross. So God has no bad belly for you. God is not giving you silent treatment like your father would do to you if you misbehave. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Let me show you. See, I said this here. Forgiveness consciousness is key to liberation and transformation. I'll say that again. Forgiveness consciousness is key to liberation and transformation. I'll show you in a minute. I'll show you in a minute. I, have just, I think I just have two points today and I'm done. For two, three points and I'm done. 
He says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Watch this. It did not say out of the riches of his grace. Because if I am worth $10 billion, amen. They hit me here. If I'm worth $10 billion, yeah, I got some family here. And I tell you, I would give you out of what I have, I can give you 50000 but if I say I'm giving you according to the riches of my grace, God is saying here, I have forgiven you with everything that I have, everything that I am, and everything I can be, according to the riches of his grace. That's where we have forgiveness. So we're not believing God for forgiveness. We already have forgiveness. We're forgiven once and for all. Some of you think every time you, God will just supply the blood, okay, forgive you today, tomorrow again. God forgave you your sins past present and future this is the biggest problem with your mind past present so you say ah, is that true future sins were you here 2021 years ago when jesus died how come that blood of jesus saved you in 1985 so why do you think the blood cannot save you when the bible says he saves to the uttermost and then you and I think whatever the Lord does is permanent. Your forgiveness too is permanent. It's permanent. God is not renewing the subscription of forgiveness every morning. He did it once and for all. Colossians chapter 1 verse 14. Almost the same thing that Ephesians says. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. Look at your neighbor and say I'm not perfect. But I'm forgiven. Tell one more time I'm not perfect. But I'm forgiven. Tell them, you know my gist. But God has forgiven me. One more time, say you have the video. But God has forgiven me. Tell them, I, I know you saw me that night. But God has forgiven me. And one more time, if God has forgiven me, your liberation and transformation watch this is equated of how much of the teaching you have committed to memory the press uh, oh you got it your liberation and transformation is equated on how much of this teaching you have committed to memory because you are your memory the reason you can leave church home is because you know where you stay if after church your memory wipes off, you'll be standing at the gate like this, wondering where you came from. Simple. Let me show you something. Acts chapter 14, we did that with it, 8 to 10. Paul was preaching forgiveness of sins. A cripple stood up in the service. Paul wasn't preaching deliverance or preaching healing. No, no, no. He was preaching forgiveness of sins. Some, ah. Because we think we need to do a healing service for miracles to happen. We think we need to do a miracle service. Paul never had a miracle service. Paul never had a healing service. They just taught and preached the gospel consistency. And the Lord confirmed the word with signs and wonders. Acts chapter 20. The other day we were talking. Somebody died in the service. Paul raised the guy back to life and continued teaching. He did not stop the teaching in the church. 
Because miracles are not our, they follow us. We don't follow signs and wonders. Because some of you come in, that in the sea vision, that pastor in tough, in tough, in the sea, in the sea, in the sea. Yeah, okay. Any person go to see you, go to see for me. Breaking news, this is not the church. I am not a native doctor. Don't consult me before you travel. The spirit of God lives inside of you. The Holy Ghost in me is not Holy Ghost Pro Max. It's the same Holy Ghost within you. Don't come to my office last night. Should I try? Don't come to my office and say, I want to travel. I just want to seek your opinion. It's very that marriage thing. No, don't. That means there's something really heavy about the preaching of forgiveness of sins. The devil always puts controversy around the revelation that is liberating. So when Archbishop Benson in the house, my state, I saw him growing up. Um, I was a ring bearer of one of the weddings where he officiated. When he started preaching prosperity, that to be a Christian doesn't mean that you should be poor. They fought him. He's the first pastor to drive a bike in Nigeria. The first to have a Mercedes Benz in Africa. I was not told I was there. So they fought him. Now the reason they are fighting the message of God's grace is that your liberation is tied to this message of God's grace. That's why they are fighting him. Because the devil always likes to put controversy around a revelation that is liberating. It's an old move of the devil. He has no new moves. Let me show you something in Mark chapter 2. You like this. Are you ready for this? Mark 2 verse 3 to 5. Oh God, it's sweet. I saw it. This one is very sweet. See, Jesus was preaching. Let me give you the picture. And four friends had a friend who was down. You you better have good friends. And so you better have good friends. Friends who can bring you to Jesus, not take you to the club. You better have good friends. So they said, ah, we know Jesus is in town. And they got to the church. It was full like this. And they said, oh, we know what to do. And they opened the roof of the church, of the room, and brought their friend down. You know that one that today, you, you must see Jesus. He was paralyzed. And they brought, can you imagine? Don't do that here, please. Don't do it. Don't do that. <laughs> My brother, open Open this place and brought the guy down. Can you imagine that happening here? What I would do is what happened to him? In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Get out. That's what I would do. See what Jesus did. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Next verse. Next. And when they could not come in nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let the bed wherein the sick of parsley. Keep the scripture. After this kind of move, I must give you a prophetic word. Can you disturb my sleep like I'm preaching you? I will give you a word. You will stir up something within me. Let's see Jesus' response. Next verse. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of parsley, son, It makes sense. This guy was paralyzed. Jesus' son, first son. I can't, let's leave there. He first said, uh, Son. He gave why? He said, Son, thy sins are forgiven. 
He didn't say in the name of Jesus. No, Jesus can't pray in the name of Jesus now. He didn't say, I command you. No. He said, I, 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 he saw their faith and said, oh. So, faith only claims what grace has provided. What has grace provided? The forgiveness of sin. So when Jesus saw their faith, he did not, he couldn't cast out on something that grace has not provided. So Jesus saw and said, ah, son, thy sins are forgiven thee. So the root of the problem was lack of forgiveness of sins. Could it be possible that the, the, the hardship that you are dealing with in your business, in your marriage, is because you are not conscious that all your sins are forgiven? And the devil is a liar. He always tell you you are not good enough. So by the time it sits within you that all my sins are forgiven, then you have boldness to come into the throne of grace to obtain. You Osha Bokosha. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. To obtain big you know what up the Lagos chance you won't understand obtain. obtain from where I come from means that somebody took something from you. Without your permission, oh five two na day eh? Simple. That means they saw you in the room and, and they saw you with your phone. I say, bro, bring my phone for me. And you give them and say, mingo, bros. I just say, I say, might I give you money for credit? You give them money for bike. Cause they not born you where to drag their phone with them. So when they, you come home, you say, where your phone? You say the original owner. Take them. What you na no day eh? Ajebo. Them chicken. What am I kid? They don't know who they talk about. You, where, where, sir, the original owner take her. Jesus has given us that liberation eh, to come before the father because what he has, I am the original owner I am the original owner so I don't come to suggest I don't come to beg, I come to take why? knowing all my sins in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I prophesy to you at the end of this service as you make your declaration miracles are chasing you Breakthroughs are coming after you. If this is your word, shout amen, somebody. You'll see it soon unless you're stuck. You'll see it when you're just talking. Just talking. So it is tied to your lack of the consciousness that all my sins are forgiven. The day it sits in your Noah, when you know it, Beyond anything, you you have boldness. So on the day you don't pray, you don't say, ah, I don't pray before I come this interview today. I don't know. No, is that you don't pray, but I have it. All my sins. David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall know one. He makes me. He leads me. He restorates. He now says, Yea, do I. So that movement that he had in Onkuili, it was not God who led him. The Lord is my shepherd. I, he makes me, he leads me, he restorates. He now says, even though, that's meaning of Yedo, that even though I, that means God not send me this one. Even though I walk through the valley of the sh- I will fear no evil. What? You are with me. Because the faithfulness of the shepherd is not premised on the behavior of the sheep. It's premised on the nature of the shepherd. So you must know that on my bad days, 
days I am righteous. On my good days, he loves me. On the day I have dropped the ball, he loves me. That brings the kind, what I call braggadociousness. Knowing who you are in Christ. The thief on the cross didn't ask Jesus for forgiveness. The thief, he didn't ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, I did cross with you now. Just forgive me my sins. So he said, Today, remember me in paradise. He acknowledged Jesus. Jesus didn't say, eh? You don't even get respect. You know it's me. You know even first start with make I forgive you. He didn't say forgive me. He said, Today, remember me in paradise. Jesus said, Yes, today you will be with me in paradise. Because Jesus had to go through paradise to release them, Abraham, to heaven. Because nobody could get to heaven without Jesus. So the Bible says on his resurrection, dead men were seen walking around Jerusalem. Because they were all kept in the holding place called paradise. Can you imagine this thief and Abraham entered heaven at the same time? Why? Forgiveness. Nod your neighbor one more time. Say, I'm forgiving you. If you like, keep the video. I'm not perfect, though, but I'm forgiven. Forgiven people. 2 Peter 1, 5 to 9. Let me deal with this. This is good stuff. So good. So, he liberates you. He's not behaving like a Christian. God is not looking for performance. He's looking for human beings. It's because I be in him that I begin to behave properly. So, this gospel is not behavior modification. It's inner transformation. Inner transformation. That's why they don't want to preach this message of God's grace. You can't preach it and use Ojoroto. You can't hear it. You lose control when you preach God's grace. You lose control when you lose God's grace. So, a man like control. Yeah. So, my former house, you had a code to get into the building. So, there's a guy who was painting. Every time he wanted to come, he would say, Ah, Pastor, I'm here. Give me the code. And I felt very happy giving him the code. Come, come, come. Enter. One day, as a sharp guy, he saw the code and entered to and said, Pastor, I don't need you again. No. I too get the code. And I felt funny. God said, this is how religious people feel. Because when Jesus died, the Bible says the veil in the temple tore from top to, big, to, to bottom. Religion sold it back. Fashion designers, religion, they enter needle and they sew them back. They are still trying to, the Holy Ghost will tear it open. Weakness. They will sew it back. So when you start hearing, let's balance it now. Let's not, uh-huh. now demo, they are looking for the Balenciaga club. They are looking for a thread and needle to tear it back. Because they want to put a difference between the, the, the priest. Yeah, because some of you actually think the Holy Ghost is here. This is a stage that you can see me well. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. Second verse. Next, let's go. And to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. Next verse, continue. Let's go, let's go. And to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. This looks like spiritual maturity, right? Next verse. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall never be barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord. You keep the scripture. Because this is where we want to go to. We want to be fruitful. Dr. Wilson. We want to be fruitful. We don't want to be barren. We want to know the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
how do you achieve this? Next verse, verse 9 says, But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and had forgotten that he was forgiven. So when you see a believer misbehaving, he has not received the consciousness that I'm forgiven. Because that consciousness will fix your behavior. That's what Peter is saying. I'm even shocked that Peter said it. You know, in 2 Peter, Peter's language changed. In 1 Peter, it was still a... If you know Bible. This is where he began to say, there's something Apostle Paul is saying that I had to understand. That's what some of my friends say about me. I say, I'm in good company. If they complain about Paul, and you're saying that I'm saying some things that are too heavy, it's fine. Let me show you something. Psalms 133 to 4. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall... That means if God decides to say today, I want to open your file. From the Pope, to the prelate, to yours truly, to you, we all lie. Lie, lie. Nobody will stand. No, that's what the Bible says. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquity... Who shall stand? The next verse says, what this? But there is forgiveness with thee. It now says that thou mayest be feared. That word is reverence. It's not fear, reverence. That means when you think about the way God has forgiven you, you want to worship him. I love you. You'll be humble. His forgiveness humbles you. It's not his anger that humbles you. It is forgiveness. For the Bible says it's the love of God that brings men to repentance, not the fear of hellfire. So salvation is not insurance from hellfire. Salvation is a love letter that you are responding to. Look at your neighbor. Say, all my sins are forgiven. Oh, say it. Say, all my sins are forgiven. Oh, say it one more time. All my sins are forgiven. Maybe we need to do a song. All my sins are forgiven. All my sins are so that it can't stay. Because if you put it in a song, it stays. Whether or not you like, oh my God, you know the song. I can't deny the things you do for me plenty. I can't explain it. Oh, so let's put it in a song. All my sins are forgiven. All my sins are forgiven. You may not love me, but I'm forgiven. You may not love me. Hey, hey, you may not love me. Let me tell See what All my sins. Eh, I forgive. I give you a replacement for oh my god <laughs> because sin consciousness and guilt consciousness is an old testament behavior that sin consciousness and guilt consciousness is an old testament behavior that's how they behaved in the old testament I said this before righteousness consciousness is better than sinlessness consciousness so the next thing you need to stay woke to is stay woke to your righteousness not guilt Tell anybody I'm righteous. Now, I'm forgiving is important because it gives you, it brings you to the reality of righteousness. So tell anybody I'm righteous. I'm not guilty. I'm righteous. Oh, say it well, I'm not guilty. 
2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. Let me show you something. Say, for he had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Ooh, give me the next translation I asked for. He made Christ who knew no sin. That means Jesus became fornication, not fornicator. Iniquity, not iniquitous. Nature, not action. So Jesus never sinned, but became sin offering. That I'm, so if, watch this, watch this is powerful. Righteousness, consciousness, right? If Jesus did not sin and became sin for me, that means I don't have to do righteous to become righteous. It's a gift. It's a free gift. It says he made Christ who knew no sin to, to judicially, is, is a law term, be seen on our behalf so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by the gracious loving kindness. Can you see, imagine two words? Gracious plus loving kindness. Grace and truth. That's what is that. Oh, it's powerful. And the problem with us, let me, let me show you the biggest problem. To unlearn religion is not to compare religion and grace. To unlearn religion is to accept grace. Because what you're dealing with, the biggest issue is the unlearning and the relearning. So let me teach you how to unlearn. Unlearn is not to compare. Unlearn is to accept. That's how you unlearn. You accept this one and forget that guy. So you're not comparing, but but mm, by the time you start comparing, you put yourself in the rat race. You keep going back and forth. Unlearning is by focusing and receiving. That's how you unlearn. Because the truth is that people default to familiar, not better. Oh God. People see some of you. The problem with you is that your default is still religion. So when push comes to shove. You fall back to familiar. So grace has not recorded and rebranded. So there are some of you that if you get an emergency call today, you know who to call. Because your mind goes to, ah, here's that Baba. Because you are programmed to familiar. So what we are doing every Sunday is reprogramming. Oh, a couple went for Thanksgiving two, two weeks ago. So they came, in, came to church late. They said, ah, it was my sister's... Um, Child's Thanksgiving. So I said, well, you guys came remarkably. You see, they were in the church. And it was their familiar church. It was their home church. He was there for 20 years. But he has been to Logic Church for one year and five months now. And he said, whilst they were there for the Thanksgiving, the pastor was preaching. They kept looking at themselves. Ah, with this guy, they talk. So they just dropped their envelope with their sister and said, so we have, a, we have an emergency. We have to rush. Because they had to come to Logic Church to quickly erase because it's antivirus. They are quickly. So don't open your ears to everybody. He's a pastor. So when you fly with a, with a, with, with a pilot who is saying, I've not really, no, I, I did tell Lauren in school, but you know, they just gave me, is that what you are going to do? Because the issue with church, can I tell you the truth? Is to be an accountant, you would have ICANN certification. To be a, a doctor, you go through medical school, Dr. Becky, but you're a gate man in the house. Can wake up tomorrow and start a church? Yeah. Because there's no system that checks. Where, where, have you, where are you coming from? Can you serve in this ministry before you start? 
Can you get a referral before you move? What's, what's your test? It can start. Sword of the blood ministry. Tomorrow morning. Are you not seeing those dramatic people? The Lord said that there's a, there's a tie here. You don't have to open. Somebody says sardine is, is what? Another person says perfume will take you to hell. Bring my perfume for me, people of God. Are you joking? Why? It's because of that. So we, we are already in that default of the familiar. Sin consciousness is dangerous. It's dangerous. Very dangerous. Let me show you Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 to 4. And I'll, we need to go. Hebrews 10 verse 1 to 4. Message translation. Let me deal with sin consciousness. Sin consciousness comes from God forgive me my sins. That's sin consciousness. Righteousness consciousness is I'm already forgiven and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So righteousness consciousness, like I say all the time, is more powerful than sinlessness consciousness. Because sinlessness consciousness is sin consciousness in disguise. I'll say it again. Righteousness consciousness is more powerful than sinlessness consciousness. Because sinlessness consciousness is sin consciousness in disguise. The old plan was only a hint of the good things in the new plan. Since that old law plan wasn't complete in itself, it couldn't complete those who followed it. No matter who, how many sacrifices were offered year after year, they never added up to a complete solution. Next verse. So in the Old Testament, sins were covered. In the New Testament, he takes away the sins completely they're not the same if they had the worshipers would have gone merrily on their way no longer dragged down by their sins verse 3 let's do this but instead of removing awareness of sins those who those when those animal sacrifices were repeated over and over they actually heightened awareness and guilt it's because you think god has not forgiven you finish Because lie is not the opposite of truth. It's almost truth. God has, yeah. Truth perverted. Complete. Yeah, so it is God has forgiven, but he has not forgiven me. Finish. That abortion. Ah, I know. You know blood. Eh? Anytime you speak blood, I hear in my life. I, I know. Is that blood. God is holding that blood against me. So that blood is stronger than the blood of Jesus. Next verse. Let's go. Verse 4. Verse 4. The plan... The plain fact is that the bull, that bull and goat blood can't get rid of sins. Give me the next verse. I think 12 to 13. Um, 12. Yeah, from verse 12. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice. Watch this, everyone. For sins. One single sacrifice. And that was it. Then he sat down at the right beside God. Next verse, next, next verse, let's go. And waited for the enemies to cave in. Oh God, I love this. Verse 14, let's go. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some imperfect people. By that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part That's how you shout. Somebody say hallelujah. So your sins are forgiven once and for all time. But Pastor Flourish, does that mean I will just keep on sinning? No, 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 no. The person inside of you is not a sinner. So we don't obey rules and regulation because the regulator lives inside of you. So after a while, something will tell you, no, you are bigger than this. This thing doesn't work. 
No, 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 I can't do this. I used to, but no, I'm not doing it again. One guy came to my office last week. He's a, he's a keyboardist. Okay, he used to be a keyboardist. You know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, just keep looking straight. You're really holy. My guy don't pay, you know? He used to be a fine keyboardist. He came to me and said, Piflo, I'm not doing that. I've started my barbing shop. I'm doing legit. Now. I said, but I didn't preach against it. He said, no, you don't have to preach against it. The more I'm hearing about this gospel, something in me is telling me that I'm better than this. So it's changing my life. He's not telling him that he's going to die and go to hell. He's telling him that Jesus loves him too much that he can't behave like that. Because the Bible says the love of Christ compels us. Not our love for him. His love for us compels us. Restrains us. That's the word. Romans 5, 18, 17 and 18. Romans 5, 17 and 18. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more they which receive the abundance of grace. And the gift of... Come on, say the gift of... Shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. 18, give me verse 18. Therefore, as by one offense of one judgment, therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto what? Justification of life. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm righteous. So stay woke. I'm forgiven. Then I'm righteous. Romans 5, 17 to 20. Let me show you something. Message translation. This is really good. You know, message is petty. So, it says, if death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes? Sovereign life in those who grasp with both hands the widely extravagant life gift. This grand setting everything right that one man, Jesus Christ, provides. Next, next verse, let's continue. Yet it is in nutshell, just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into his life. Glory! So he didn't just bring us out of trouble, he got us into his life. So now you have the very life of God. So to say you are a sinner is to say Jesus is a sinner too. Because Jesus' life is inside of you. Next verse. Next verse. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man said yes to God and put many in the right. Next verse. I love this. All that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and does not have a chance in the competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. So what is grace? Aggr Let's finish it. When it comes to sin versus grace, grace wins. So stop saying, you know, sin can stop grace. Are you, are you reading? I think brighter grammar is important for preaching. Brighter grammar. You know, it says when it comes to sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. So what stops grace in your life? Law. Unbelief. Not sin. We'll deal with that another day. So righteousness is only receivable, not achievable. I'm going to say that again. Righteousness is only receivable, not achievable. 
Righteousness cannot be maintained, improved, sustained, or upgraded. It is the gift of God. I have to say it again. Righteousness cannot be improved, maintained, sustained, upgraded. It is the gift of God. Let me tell you. If I give Pastor Obina this jacket, he is bigger than me. There will be some expansion. If I take his shirt, I would have to adjust it. When God gives you a gift, it needs no adjustment. It needs no maintenance. It needs no sustenance. So when God gave us his righteousness, it's actually pride to think you can increase. You can maintain. You can sponsor what God has started. Oh, ye foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? How is it that thou hast begun in the spirit and think you can be perfected in the flesh? It's grace that gave it. Grace will keep it. Grace will preserve it. Grace will build it. Grace starts it. Grace continues it. And grace will finish it. If this is your word, shout amen, somebody. So righteousness is received by believing, enjoyed by staying woke. Righteousness is received by believing, enjoyed by staying woke. I am irrevocably righteous. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. For Christ has become to me, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So what God required from me, Jesus became for me. What God required from me, Jesus became for me. Are you listening to me? Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. Maybe I'll just do one and I'll continue. Philippians 3, 8 to 9. I'll do this, I'll do the last point and I'll close. It's fine. We'll continue next week, Sunday. Yet doubtless, I count all things, yeah, I mean, see this, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Watch this. And I do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Next verse. He says this very powerful. And be found in him, Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ and the righteousness which is of God by faith. That means there is self-righteousness. Isaiah says your self-righteousness is like filthy rag before God. That means on your best days, that's the day that you woke up 5 a.m., not 6, before 6, and you sang holy holy. Then you now play Handel Messiah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, not all these, these unspiritual songs like you say. I hear you. Then you now wore white, inside and out. White robe. And you chose your white car. You were going like this. And you came to church that day. Give me the piano. Yes, is it. Add strings. Add strings. Make it very, very, very pious. Mm-hmm. Then you not do your face like armpit. Stop. The Bible says your righteousness is like filthy rag before God. That means if you come like that without Jesus' righteousness, the meaning of filthy rags in Isaiah is used sanitary pad. That's what Isaiah was calling filthy rags. Oh, God forbid the bad thing. That I will come to God and I'm looking like used sanitary pads. So your self-righteousness, that all oh, that all oh, that piousness that you come before God. You know we be, we, have, we now have church behavior. Church look. Business look. Which one did Jesus die for? He says your self-righteousness is like filthy rag before God. 
but we come by the righteousness. Give me in the, in the, in the passion translation. No, no, is it passion? Give me the message translation. Message translation. Give me the, yes, I love this message. I love it. See, it says, yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog, dung. I have dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ. Give me verse 9. I love verse 9. God, and be embraced by him. I didn't want some Petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. Look at your neighbor say, I have God's righteousness. I could not be righteous, so he gave me his righteousness. What I'm saying that you didn't have a car, but you were gifted a car. And so now you own that car. In the same way, you couldn't be righteous before God. So what God required from you, Jesus became for you. Are you excited today? Romans 5 verse 8. Romans 5 verse 8 to 10. TPT. It says, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. And there is still much more to say of the unfailing love of, for us. And through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration. What is the powerful declaration? One, two, three, go read it. You are now righteous in my sight. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, you agree. Righteousness is in the eyes of the one who is righteous. The reason I can't tell this that this is my righteous member and this is not my righteous member is because I am not righteous. So I'm not the standard of righteousness. The one who is the standard of righteousness says, I have declared you righteous before my eyes. So whose report will you believe? If he says I am righteous, so I stay walk with, I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. I'm loved by God. When you stay like that, sin will not be pleasurable to you. Because Abba's presence creates a consciousness for righteousness consciousness. He says, and because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. What did God punish you, gang? Look at it. You will never experience the wrath of God. Never. Why? You are now the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. No, Geneva say, I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we'll continue next week. I don't want to I don't want to bother this, but my message this evening is stay woke. It is just a platform. Oh, one more time. Say it is just a platform. Say it loud. It is just a platform. It is just a platform. Oh, I love this. 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 We'll deal with this next week. Some other things next week. The Bible says, give me my text in Genesis chapter 26 from verse 18. Genesis 26 from verse 18. The Bible says, and Jacob dug a well. And the well was fruitful. And then they, they soiled that well. And the Bible says they drove him from that well. And he called that well Essek in verse 20 of Genesis 26. And he went to 21. And then he dug another well, and they called it Sitna, because they drove him from that well too. So he dealt with quarrel, and dealt with enemy. 
enmity. There are people, this is very prophetic. There are people in this room who you have been struggling with quarrel and enmity as regards your portion. God wants me to tell you, you're coming into your Rehoboth. No, not you. God is saying, there are people here who you did the business, they messed it up. You did another one, they messed it up and you're getting frustrated. What's this? Why are they, why are they fighting? And hear you the word of the Lord. You are leaving Essek. You're leaving, sit now. You're coming into your Rehoboth. What I'm saying is that God is getting ready to prepare space for you. Oh God, God is getting ready to prepare your own space for you. You're coming into a place where they will not have to drag with you, fight with what God has given to you because you would have space in the land in the name of Jesus. I don't know whose word is this. God wants me to tell you your days of fighting and struggling over the portion, they are over. God is leading you to the place where you come into your Rehoboth and your testimony will be the Lord has made room for me. The Lord has given me my portion. The Lord has given me my Space. The Lord has given me my house. The Lord has given me my own. The Lord has given me my portion. I don't know who this word is for this Sunday morning, but hear ye the word of the Lord. Get ready for Rehoboth. I decree upon your life in 2022, you are coming into your Rehoboth. If this is your word, shout Amen. Somebody. I said you are coming into your Rehoboth. When no man will have to strive, struggle with your plans, struggle with your deal, God is creating space for you. I decree in the name of He who laid in the grave, in the name of Jesus, that your portion will not be divided. I said your portion will not be divided. Your space will not be contended for. God wants me to tell you, come ready for your Rehoboth. If this is your word, shout Amen. Here's your word. Don't get tired. Keep digging. Don't get tired. Keep digging. Keep digging. So Isaac had something on his life. I'll deal with it next week. He just kept digging. He didn't stop. They missed this plan. He didn't give up. The next one, he, he, he kept digging. He was quarrel until he got to his Rehoboth. And Rehoboth is a place where God has prepared space for you. And as powerful as Rehoboth is this morning, that is not my message. Because Jacob, the Bible says, um, uh, the, the young man dug well, and he, he, because he's the son of Abraham, the blessing of God was upon his life. So they, they fought with him, they struggled with him, but it was all in the grand plan. It was in your orchestration of God because Jesus is the interpretation of the scriptures when you go to John chapter 4 now from verse 5 John chapter 4 from verse 5 then commit he to the city Jesus is going to Samaria wants to go through Samaria but gets tired and sits on a well it was that well that Jacob dug the reason God moved him away from quarrel and moved him away from fight and gave him Rehoboth. Some of you, when you come into your Rehoboth, it's a place of prosperity. You think it's for you. God is saying it's a platform. It's a platform for the kingdom. So when the business flow comes and the billion flow comes, I want to remind you it's a platform. And when... Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sikha, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Next verse, next verse. And now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. This is the well of life on top of a well. 
Hey, I'm a kosher. So, ooh. This is Jesus sitting upon Jacob's well. So Jacob dug a well. And maybe he had thought this well is just for me and my children. Some of you are coming to the billion floor. You think it's just for you and your children. It's for your household. It's to change your car and then change your house. God wants me to tell you, stay woke. It is a platform. God is looking for a platform to preach. 20, 30 years down the line, we then look and say, you built that church. And now Christ is sitting on the place and preaching from that which you're doing. I don't care what business you do. I don't care what sector you're in. God wants me to tell you, the billion has been released. Greatness is coming. The billion flow is coming. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. But stay woke, people of God. It is not for your enjoyment alone. It is a platform. I'm sure if Jacob knew, I'm sure he knew. Think it because Jesus came from the loins of Jacob. Jesus came from the loins of Jacob. This is deep. This may fly over people's head. So when Jacob was digging, it was Christ saying, Prepare, prepare, wait for me. I'm going to have to come and preach. I will need a platform to preach. Peter's booth was a, was a platform. Peter thought it was for business. But Jesus said, it's my platform. The donkey thought it was for business. But Jesus said, go get the donkey. It's my platform. So all through the scripture, Jesus is looking for platforms. Your life is a platform. So as you go around doing your business, and then you come into the billion flow, be aware. Stay woke. This money is going to come. But when it comes, it's for the platform. It's for the platform. Jacob didn't know he was digging a well for the one who is the well sitting on the well. Now Jesus shows up and locates the same well that Jacob dug. I want to ask you, what well are you digging today? Are you digging a well for you, yourself, and yours? Are you digging a well that Christ can sit on? Because the billion flow would come and the money would come. You want to ask yourself, is this, is this a well? Is this for me? Is this for my nourishment? Or is this for the agenda? Am I going to sponsor the agenda of God concerning my life? Because the blessing is upon your life. And that blessing cannot be hindered at all. For a generation will come. A generation will come who have known Jesus. And their money will sponsor the gospel in these last days. They will be called crazy. They will be called stupid. But when they are gone, generations to come will keep referring to their name. Because they would have built a well. That not just their generation, the fourth generation will refer to this well that Christ is in. Where Jesus is able to sit on. I don't know why he chose Jacob's well. I'm sure that was not the only well in that area. But he chose the well because God is intentional about everything. Look at you, you would have died but God kept you. Look at you, you would not have gotten the job or the contract but God put you in. God is intentional about blessing you. And it's not just for you. It's for the well. It's for the well. For the well, and now the well is on top of a well, speaking to a woman who needs some well, and she became a well to get well and told the city, Come and meet the well, and everybody was well. Because the woman was promiscuous, the Bible says she had had five husbands, and the one she was shagging was not her own, 
But she met the seventh man, the perfect man. The perfect man. Because there's an inch in your life that only Jesus can scratch. When you see promiscuity, it's actually worship misplaced. When you see promiscuity, it's actually worship misplaced. It's misplaced. So she finally met the well. How do you travel from Jacob's well in Genesis? And it's John chapter 4. You find that same well as a platform. Stay woke. Jesus is looking for a platform. Don't give up. Don't stop digging. The attack you're receiving is a sign that you're close to something that will last for a lifetime. Shabbat no koshiva hezis. Begat nevi hitabasis. Zikro po koshere vedis. Mana mando koshes. Brekatika shabre hezis. Your life is a well. Because the well is in your life. So your life would be well. Because you have the well in your life. But beyond that, are you creating a well for the well to sit on when you're out of here? Logic is an opportunity for us to create a well. That when we are gone, both your daughters and your sons and my daughters and my sons will be pointing to structures that we built, bought for Jesus. Not because we conjured and propelled, but because we knew that we are building a well. That this flow came because God was intentional. So stay woke. You are just a platform. What are you doing on Jacob's well? The most powerful thing is that she went to the city, Dr. Joel, and told the men in the city, greatest shade of all time, come and see a man. That means, I know you guys want to not be men. Come. You know she was a maninizer. If you've been with five marriages, five marriages, and then you are with the sixth one, who is a fling, you are a strong maninizer. She was a woman that if any man and his wife, you're working and she shows up, every woman will start to hold your husband and say, come on, they go. But Jesus, who? Jacob built a well that Jesus was comfortable sitting, talking with that kind of woman. So this was not a religious well. This was a meeting point of grace. This was not a religious well. This was not the church that she couldn't enter. Now she met the church. The beautiful thing about this well is that the Bible says Jesus was waiting at the well for her. She didn't get to the well and was waiting for Jesus. So it was Jacob Panandras. It is the love of God that brings us to repentance. Stop saying you found Christ. It was Christ who found you. So it was Jesus who sat on the well waiting for her to come. Then Jesus said to her, give me drink. And she went all spiritual with Jesus. Religion, you, you are a Jew. We have no dealings with you. Even this one too, they talk to Jesus. They stand for Jesus. Because that's where she met all her men. And she said, I have no dealing with men like you. Then she said to Jesus something very powerful. 
and I'm very mischievous with this. He said, you don't have anything to draw from this well. You got it. That's what she said to Jesus. Say, you know, I don't have dealings with you. You don't have what it takes to draw from this well. Full morale. That's not a slick one. That's the boss of the boss. Now you, you, ha- you don't have what it takes to draw from. Jesus said to her, you thirst, but I have. I hope. I have this water that when you drink this water so your problem is that you have a thirst problem and only the well on the well can make you well only this well that means you have been coming to the wrong well and you are choosing the wrong water stop going to religion to drink from religion it would never satisfy you. Come to Jesus. He is the living water. He is bread of life to the hungry. He is the fire and the water. He is the bread and the stone. He is the lion and the lamb. He is the offering and the offerer. He is the one that he was being offered to. He is the judge and the jury. He is the courtroom too. He is the question and the answer. Jesus. Jesus. So she spoke to this woman. She went straight to the city. I'm, woo, come and meet a man. So she's like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm serious, I'm done. So Jesus did not have to go through the city. The woman went through the city for Jesus. Platform. And then the woman brought the men. <laughs> this is very prophetic. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The woman brought the men to the man and now the man and the men are on Jacob's well that's Rehoboth that God is going to give to you is not for you Boaz is not for you Ike is not for you Chuke is not for you Ezine is not for you Laime is not for you Philip is not for you Theodora is not for you. Sejuades is not for you. Chisum is not for you. Adelikis is not for you. It is a platform. Hillary is not for you. So when you see the flow coming, be reminded that I'm going to build a platform. Jacob is dead. Yes, to come. People are meeting on his well. Because the well became an altar for humanity and divinity. I hope with these few words of mine. I've been able to convince you and not confuse you. That is a platform.